Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. And I'm Aaron McMahon. Another week of Michigan football fall camp is almost in the books, and we're bringing you up to speed on the latest news. Jim Harbaugh outlined much of his roster, including key positional battles and the vibe of the 2023 team. We discuss it all coming up on Wolverine Confidential. Okay, Aaron, good to be with you here Thursday morning, uh, August 17th. Um, and we've got another, uh, uh, you know, another week of fall camp, I guess, you know, sort of almost done here. But, um, you know, we've talked to Jim Harbaugh, talked to some of the players and, and coaches. So we have a little more to talk about. Ryan Zook, you know, can't be with us today. He's out on the golf course in the official what is this? The Michigan Press Association, I think. Yeah, annual golf tournament, trying to carry the team to another first place victory. Yeah, I mean, he he prefers golf over everything else, so it doesn't surprise me. He decided to uh, take on this this venture. I guess they won it last year, and he was a big part of it. So I think he felt the need to uh, to do it again. Yeah, trying to defend the title. So the next episode of Wolverine Confidential, we'll have to get the scoop on on how he did and how the team did. But uh, yeah, we've got we've got plenty to talk about here. So. Let's start with some some kind of news items because there there are some injuries to report, um, you know, out of fall camp. I guess, yeah. Tell tell us who those players are. Yeah, two uh, notable names. We we spoke to Jim Harbaugh earlier this week, and he you know made made light of a couple of these these deals. Uh, one, Morian Walker, the uh, the co- the former receiver turned cornerback. Uh, he was dealing with an, he's been dealing with some type of nagging injury, and in fact, we saw him walk into Schembechler Hall last week. Um, during kind of a separate press conference on crutches. Uh, now, Jim said it didn't make it sound like it was too serious. In fact, he said on Tuesday that he'd be back within four to five days, which would put him back probably by the end of the week at early next week. Now, the question I don't have an answer to is how long he's been out for. If it's been the entire camp so far, or if it was just a, a week or two deal, we, we don't really know. Um, nonetheless, and I wrote this you know earlier this week at MLive.com, but um, it probably puts him behind the eight ball when it comes to the quarterback spot. We'll get into that maybe later on, but um, nonetheless, he's been banged up. Same goes for Darius Clemens, the receiver, who I think some of us thought maybe would get that third receiver spot or win that job. Uh, he just returned to practice earlier this week. Again, unclear how long he was out for, um, but I, I'm, I'm, I think it's safe to assume that he probably missed the beginning of camp. So um, again, another situation where it puts him behind the eight ball at receiver, um, two guys, I mean, didn't sound like anything serious. I did ask if there's any long-term injuries, uh, nobody really of note there, which is a good sign. Um, but we are, you know, they are practicing pads are on it's full contact. So, you know, you're going to get guys banged up. So that was kind of the only real, real bad news that Harbaugh had to share because everything else was, was pretty positive. He, he was kind of asked about, you know, the vibe of this team and, and, um, you know, how they, there was questions about how they've avoided distractions like Harbaugh going to potentially going to the NFL and the suspension talk um, and how, you know, they're, they're dealing with the success of the last two years. And, you know, the word he used was vibrant. Um, and he, he, he talked about, uh, you know, kind of just how many guys on this team love football um, and, you know, kind of what, you know, what he expects from this team this year, you know, why he thinks they can do big things, I guess. Yeah. Was this, this seemed a little different maybe than, than past years. If it, his description of the team. Yes. Yeah. Let's be clear here. He co-opted that vibrant phrase from someone who came and visited the program one of those days as he often does, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so it, it was a reaction from someone else, but I think that's generally how he feels. You know, remember he came out of spring 
feeling like this was his best and most experienced team he's had. And, 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 you know, the facts certainly say that coming off of what they did last year, but he also told a story from the, you know, the first uh, scrimmage they had back last, last weekend in the big house. Um, he felt like it was one where they, you know, they didn't look like a, a young team. Uh, you know, he tells the, you know, tells examples of him being a player in, in his early days. Obviously, here's a coach where that first scrimmage can be difficult. The young guys tend to screw up. Maybe some of the newcomers, you know, forget routes or, or whatever miscommunication happens. Didn't get a lot of that on Saturday. Uh, he felt like the defense was, um, you know, be, beating the offense. At least the defensive line was beating the offensive line, which I think this says a lot, especially given everything we, we know about this offensive line. So, um, everything is kind of pointing up on the field for them. Jim's clearly uh, giddy, excited, because uh, he realizes this is probably his, you know, his best team since he's got Nate Harbor. And again, obviously, we're getting this all secondhand because you know Jim Harbaugh is there, but we're not. Um, so we're just we're kind of you know seeing it through you know his recollections. But uh, so be it. Um, you know he he dropped the, one of his favorite phrases often in his in his press conference on Tuesday, which was enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Um, attack each day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind, which is his dad saying. And um, you know Harbaugh's using it since he since he got here in 2015. Um, and they, they've even added a little sticker that, that kind of represents that uh, and, and put it on some players' helmets already. Chris Jenkins being the, the poster child for it, literally. Uh, he, he's got a floor-to-ceiling poster somewhere in Schembechler Hall, um, you know, with, with his his likeness on it um, and, you know, that that phrase. Um, so, yeah, it sounds like it's, again, it's a team that that has enthusiasm, that has positive vibes, that, that really likes practicing. I heard Roman Wilson talk about it earlier this week on a, on a podcast that football especially, I mean, a lot of athletes love games and they don't love practice, and I think that's especially true for a sport like football um, and especially this time of year. Um, but, he, you know, he said, Roman Wilson said he's actually been enjoying practice a lot. So, um, yeah, I think it speaks to kind of what this team is about, and, and Jenkins in particular seems like a guy for forget the the EUTM sticker forget even the fact that he's on like this freaks list or whatever he he just seems like he's primed to have you know a, a breakout season yeah he's been kind of a talk of the offseason really you know and, th- and this isn't just a guy who's you know played sparingly he's he's played a lot you know he was a starter last year um he could have went to the NFL draft this past you know this past spring in fact probably been a day two pick but he decided to come back uh, as we said he's bulked up he's north of 300 pounds he looks it looks great. Uh, in all accounts, again, coming out of practice, we can't see anything, but everyone's talking about the moves he's making and, and how he's been able to get after the quarterback and, and everything else. So they think they've got, uh, you know, a potential All-American there at tackle. Um, we'll see where things, you know, how things go. Um, but they, they really believe they're deeper and they're better up, you know, up front in the middle. And then that starts with Chris Jenkins. Let's talk about the rest of the roster because Jim Harbaugh had it all printed out and there was a lot of names he mentioned Sometimes you mention so many names, do you really highlight anyone, you know? Um, you, you, you highlight everyone, do you really highlight anyone? And uh, But in this case, he did talk about specific positional battles. Let's start on the offensive line. I mean, first of all, do you kind of agree with uh, Har- Harbaugh's you know, assertion here throughout camp that they really have you know, multiple starters at every position, that they roll 10 deep, you know, that they could have, they could field two potential like all Big Ten caliber offensive line groups? Yeah, to some extent, you know, I, I don't know if maybe seven, eight, nine, ten would would start, but I I do think they feel like they've got enough experience there where they can mix and match just fine. They can they can withstand an injury or two and and, and be you know and just kind of truck, chug ahead. I mean, they were able to do that last year, and I think they were less experienced 
top to bottom, but they may have been maybe had a little bit more talent this year. It's just, it's, it's experienced at every position. They've got multiple guys who have starts at almost every position, uh, left tackle. You got Ladarius Henderson and, and Carson Barnhart kind of going at it for the starting job. Again, a situation where Ladarius was a former captain, played a lot of ball at Arizona state, some tackle, some guard, and then Barnhart, we all know what he can do. He started uh, last year. He's kind of considered their, their sixth uh, starter, so to speak. So, they they believe they got guys there, uh, and the same goes at right tackle. You know, Chris Hinton, or excuse me, Miles Hinton, Chris Hinton's uh, brother, uh, came in from Stanford. Uh, he's going at it against Trente Jones, again another former guy, another guy who's had starts and experience under his belt at Michigan. So, they, I mean, it, it starts up front. We we talk about it a lot. That's how Michigan's obviously going to be rooted offensively. Um, but they got a lot of guys there. They they, they think you know, it wouldn't surprise me if you see a lot of mixing and matching week one, weeks one and two. It sounds like they're going to take some of these battles into the start of the season, um, which, you know, we saw it at quarterback last year. I think Jim has kind of taken that to heart and saw what he got out of that. Um, part of it, obviously, is to figure out the starter, but I think part of it, too, and he's not going to talk about this, is keeping these guys in the fold and not losing them um, before the season starts. You know, with the transfer portal and everything else out there, um, you want to play as many guys as you can, and we, we've certainly seen that the last couple of years with this Michigan program. We talked to uh, Bowling Green head coach Scott Leffler, um, you know, a few weeks ago, Michigan will play them, uh, you know, the third week of the season. And, you know, he had already watched a little tape on Michigan and, and Leffler, of course, was uh, a player and then a coach at Michigan for for a long time. And he said just right away what popped on tape from from last year is the offensive line appears to be as good as it's ever been at Michigan. And he says it's, it's right back to those days of you know, when, when he was there and Tom Brady was the quarterback and they had like the entire line essentially ended up getting drafted in like the first couple of rounds, you know, five or six guys. So, um, yeah, they're, they're right there. I think that'll, I think that'll, that'll show when all, all is said and done as far as, you know, big 10 awards and, uh, you know, who gets drafted. Um, so yeah, he did talk about those battles at the tackles and he's going to use, he's going to use the Michigan method, which is you know, one guy starts one game, one guy starts the next game. And then they grade it and see how they go. Um, it will be interesting because I do feel like East Carolina is a step up from UNLV. So the competition isn't, it's not quite apples to apples, but uh, we'll see if they kind of grade it on a curve or, or how they do that. Um, but he did list a few other uh, positions that he might, he might do that at. Um, and yeah, if you could kind of run through them, what, what are those groups that have kind of multiple start, multiple guys battling for, for one or two spots? Yeah, the, the edge position is another situation there. Where I, I don't know if you're going to see alternating starters as opposed to them just kind of rotating all four guys. As we saw last year, you would see, you know, one guy start here and maybe start, you know, another game down the road. It would all depend on the opposing offense. Nonetheless, um, the edge spot has four guys kind of vying for for reps there. We've kind of d- dived into the, you know, in, in the past, Jalen Harrell. Um, all signs point to him having the lead in terms of kind of being that 1A type of guy there. Um, he's going to probably get to start week one and probably be a, a regular starter. And then you've got three guys that are going to obviously see reps. It's just a matter of how many and when. Um, Brad McGregor, Josiah Stewart, he's the, the transfer from Coastal Carolina. And then Derek Moore, uh, another kind of guy who shed 20 pounds in the offseason. It sounds like they're kind of setting him up to be that hand-off-the-ground edge guy that bull rush the quarterback. So I think the different guys have different skill sets and different strengths. Um, McGregor, I think, can be better, maybe hand on the dirt, traditional end. And then Josiah Stewart, as we said, he was he put up big numbers at Coastal Carolina. He's a little undersized, but he also, all signs point to him adding weight in the offseason. So um, I, I think they're going to send him to get up to the quarterback, too. So th- those four guys are kind of vying for the edge rolls, as we've talked about. 
Um, and cornerback, you know, I mentioned Amorian Walker at the beginning of the show with the injury situation. Um, he was expected to push for a starting role. I mean, he was a talk of the spring, moved him over from receiver. Uh, Jim Harbaugh penciled him in as a starter. I think they they saw the the skill set and the and the body type and everything else, and just you know, he screamed corner to them. Uh, and you know, he was expected to buy for a job. Now, I don't know how far the injury sets him back, but I do think it does. Um, Josh Wallace, the, the transfer from UMass has kind of come in and, and I think taken that, that number one, that number two cornerback spot opposite Will Johnson. Um, but it could be a situation too, where I think they're going to want to play some guys and test some guys out there. Uh, so it, it is still off the cor- second cornerback spot. Uh, I, I do think Josh Wallace has the lead. But uh, it sounds like uh, Keyshawn Harris is pushing for a job as well there. And you've got a, 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 seg- a segment of guys, Jade McBurrows, Miles Pollard, guys who've been in the program several years now. And I think the coaching staff are waiting on to break out. They, it sounds like they haven't seen it just yet, but I do think they're getting, getting an opportunity at some point. I think, I mean, I'm not telling our listeners probably anything they don't know, but like, you know, Michigan did this at quarterback last year, of course, with McNamara getting the start in the first game, McCarthy the next. It's just way different at every other position. Quarterback is one where there's there's only one guy at the field at one time at that position, unlike many other positions. Uh, and you generally want to stick with one guy for an entire game, an entire season. Like, unless you have a really special player with, you know, maybe who's a runner, you can have packages for them. Michigan, of course, did that with McCarthy two years ago. You know, you, you kind of want your one guy. So I, I don't think... You know, there's a very small fraction of, you know, viewers that are noticing if Michigan switches their left tackle from game to game or series to series or their edge rusher. But, you know, it matters as far as, you know, who who are going to be getting the most snaps. Um, but, yeah, I think you see this with the with the best teams. Saw with Alabama and you've seen it with Georgia, Ohio State, even like they've got enough NFL talent or, or high end conference players that they can and, on, and the lines at least rotate fresh bodies i mean that's just so key for your pass rush and and everything else to you know be able to you want to play your best guys but if you got two guys that are neck and neck man two guys that are that are fresh are better than you know maybe your your best guy you know a little bit tired at the end of a game so uh, this is is a good thing for michigan and you know harbaugh seems to know it yeah when you're going up against teams of equal or or some or close to equal talent and you can try and outlast the other team. That that's it's a huge deal, especially when you get to the late, you know, later parts of the season and into the playoff, where injuries are piling up, guys are banged up. Maybe they can't play as long as they did earlier in the year, and you've got a you know able bodied person you can throw in there, and you don't see much of a drop off. And I think that's obviously what Michigan's aiming for here, um, where you have you know basically two levels of talent where you feel like you're comfortable throwing in. Now they don't have that at certain positions. Receiver remains a, a question mark and a concern. But everywhere else, I mean, Michigan feels pretty comfortable where they, they, they have enough players, enough experience to where they can hold themselves even if there's there's an injury ahead of them. Harbaugh did not want to talk about the suspension. We had posed here on this podcast, and, and you and Ryan were both correct that even with the NCAA putting out a statement, he he wasn't willing to touch it. Um, you know, Ryan asked him about Big Ten expansion. He didn't really have any comments on that at the time. Uh, but yeah, was there anything else besides kind of what we've already covered that, you know, kind of caught your ear as far as, you know, comments from Harbaugh or, or any of the players or coaches we've spoken to since since we, we last uh, recorded a podcast? Yeah, let, let's be pretty clear here. We're in season now, and Jim Har- There's a I've noticed covering Jim Harbaugh over the last seven years. There's a in season Jim Harbaugh, and there's an out of season Jim Harbaugh. And when you ask something 
you know, outside the perfect view of, of everything going on, like, you know, expansion or whatever the case may be. He just, he doesn't seem to entertain those questions. So it, it doesn't surprise me. Um, the, obviously the, the looming suspension, the NCAA investigation way over the program. Um, I, and I, I'm convinced that he doesn't want to say or do anything that's going to jeopardize any, any situation there or make him look bad, uh, especially in the eyes of the NCAA. So not surprised there. Um, he did mention Alex, I, I think it was a, kind of a head turner during his press conference on Tuesday. Alex Orgy, the, the sophomore backup quarter, reserve quarterback, um, is apparently he's thrown out the idea of using him on on returns um, and on special teams. I, I don't know how that's going to go. He did he did caution that it's still kind of a work in progress and he wants to see better blocking in the return game before he actually pulls the trigger on that. But I, I can't imagine like a big body Alex Orgy. He's like north of 210 pounds returning kicks. I think that'd be wild to see. I, I don't know if we're going to see it, but it's certainly something Jim has proposed. And it sounds like they've worked on in practice and they're, you know, at least, you know, considering. Yeah, you'll see coaches throw out things just to try to get other teams maybe thinking about it. But this would be a weird one to try to No, no one's game planning specifically for Alex Orgy as a kick returner, but. I mean, to throw out the phrase he did, he's got a chance to be one of the greatest kick returners of all time. He said it with a smile. People laughed, but I mean, he said it. <laughs> so it was it was interesting. But yeah, they certainly have other options there. He mentioned, you know, Donovan Edwards is a potential returner somewhere. You know, as you're, you know, when you have another star running back, I guess you could afford to do that and get him on the field. Um, you know, but if you've got enough other options, maybe you don't want to do that. You saw that when, you know, Ronnie Bell, of course, got injured. But, um, yeah, I see. I, I feel like Edwards, you want to get many chances to get the ball in his hands as possible. Um, and then uh, Mullings. Mullings, the other, um, you know, possibility, a kick returner. I feel like he's he's steady, Eddie. I mean, you kind of know what you're going to get from him. Not really a game breaker, but maybe they're looking for for some options that can give him a little more a little more pop in that, in that return game. Um, you know, and then the other specialists, we haven't talked really about them yet too much on the podcast, but as we get closer to the season, you know, I don't know. It, certainly you could take it for granted what Michigan got from their kicker and punter these last few years with Jake Moody and Brad Robbins, and they have to replace both of them. So uh, that'll be, that'll be something to watch too. Um, but Harbaugh, Harbaugh did, Harbaugh did not comment on those positions uh, recently. Um, yeah. I guess, you know, what else here as we, you know, uh, recapping this past week and kind of looking ahead to, to next week because next week is a week before the week before, um, you know, but where we are not far from September 2nd and the season opener. Yeah. One more topic we should probably tackle as receiver. And you know, I mentioned them briefly. Um, we were wondering who the n- number three was going to be. Uh, Jim Harbaugh did reveal on Tuesday that Tyler Morris uh, began camp as the number three, partially because I think Darius Clemens was, was probably battling that injury and, and not available. So, uh, Morris came in as the number three, uh, besides, you know, behind Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson, two names we're all familiar with and kind of expected to take that leap. Um, but, you know, both he and, and offensive coordinator Sharon Moore were very um, optimistic about the three true freshmen that are in the program now to the point where it sounds like they're going to get some playing time, certainly at least during the non-conference schedule. We're talking about Carmelo English, Samaja Morgan, and Frederick Moore. Um, English was the former four-star kid out of at the state of Alabama, who um who who committed and signed with Michigan back in uh, back in December on signing day it was kind of a surprise move, um didn't he wasn't really on the radar for a while and then Michigan came in last second and got him so, um they they sound like all three have been uh, game game changers in practice according to Moore, and they're and they've been uh, Jim Harbaugh said they're all three have been repping with with the ones and twos, um he's been impressed with their break their speed getting out of breaks. 
So it sounds like they're going to get an opportunity. Don't be surprised if you see those three names um, during the non-conference schedule, certainly the opener against East Carolina, because I think they kind of want to, want to see what they have there. Because if they if there is legitimate speed and, and playmaking ability out of any one of those three, they're probably going to get an opportunity, especially with, especially with how how uh, how shallow the uh, the Michigan receiver depth chart is at the moment. Uh, and then one other note too, not a huge deal. Um, just like the coaches poll last week, the uh, the preseason AP poll came out this Monday. And uh, Michigan was number two, just like they were in the coaches' poll. So, uh, nonetheless, they're going to be the, uh, the the consensus number two team going into uh, week one. Obviously, we'll see where things go from there, but uh, uh, high expectations with, for this uh, this Wolverines team. Yeah, and I think you know whoever that third receiver is probably going to be behind you know a tight end and Colson Loveland as far as like you know targets and receptions and all that. So. And running back too. Like I think that's something we haven't really talked about a lot, but I, I do expect them to use Donovan Edwards in the slot, maybe even Blake Corum. We've, we've heard his name uh, thrown out there too. I mean, obviously Donovan, I think has better um, just catching ability and I think better hands. And they prefer to use Blake obviously on the ground where he's, he's most successful. But um, yeah, don't be surprised if you see a lot of Donovan Edwards in the passing game too. All right. Well, we are. This is reminding me of you know um, in a couple of weeks we'll have our season preview kind of roundtable post where. Um, you know, we, we hit on the record of the team, of course, but also individual questions. Um, and we've got, we've got some in mind. We, we got one from a, a listener yesterday, you know, whether, um, any Wolverines will be, uh, invited to the Heisman, you know, trophy ceremony. We're going to talk about the kind of run pass split for Michigan, our predictions for what that really looks like. Maybe the quorum Edwards breakdown, um, the sack leader, I think is something we thought of, but we want to hear from you listeners. Um, if you have any other specific questions like that, you know, prediction wise for specific to this team that you want us to address in that preview post, you know, let us know and we'll, we'll add it in there because yeah, we are just, uh, well, we're, we're two days away from being two weeks away from the, the season opener, uh, against East Carolina on Peacock. That's what you want. You got to watch it again. We'll just, we'll be talking about that maybe looking for some you know promos or, or ways to find that 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 how to watch post will be an important one for that game because it'll be a legitimate question for people uh as as michigan transitions to, in the big 10 to this new new television deal uh we'll have it all covered on mlive.com slash wolverines thanks for listening